Welcome to another edition of Hockey the Podcast, your favorite African-based po- hockey podcast, maybe even your favorite podcast in the world, who knows? But uh, whatever it is, it is a welcome evening to you, afternoon or morning. Maybe you're listening to us on your drive to work, maybe you're listening to us on your drive home, or maybe you're just listening to us as a bedtime story, whatever it is. I hope it finds you well, I hope it's warm enough wherever you are. And most importantly, I hope you've had some good time on a turf lately playing the game we all love so much. Tonight joining us is one of South African Hockey's co-captains uh, and uh, coach Giles Bonnet. And she'll be talking to us about the FIH Hockey World Cup, the FIH Nations Cup, the Commonwealth Games and all the challenges that lie ahead. We will be joined by Bernadette Costin and this is Hockey the Podcast. If you're not sure who the host is yet, uh, my name is Tyrone Jabu Barnard. Uh, of course, uh, you heard some of my, uh, let's just say, not as uh, regular as everybody else is commentating at the Junior World Cup. But it's back here where I really get to uh, enjoy my time and it's when we sit with hockey stars past and present and talk about their journey so far, what's happened, what's going to happen, what's exciting uh, and all of that. So many great stories, and, and it's been a pleasure being able to tell them. And, and tonight, yet another one. Bernadette Costin, she has been uh, the co-captain of the SA national team now at the African Cup in Ghana. And Coach Giles Bonnet has confirmed that she'll continue in that role alongside Pumalela Mbanda. Uh, and she joins us tonight to talk about her journey her journey in the world of hockey. Bernie, welcome, uh, and thanks for taking the time to join in. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. Of course, uh, I decided to get you on a public holiday because uh, you are a, a working woman as well. Uh, everyone knows you are Dr. Costin. Um, you are a chiropractor, of course, and you know that in itself offers fairly enough challenge in uh, trying to fit in the world of hockey as well. Yeah, look, um, balancing the two um, has been a challenge, but... I mean, no complaints in the sense um, we do what we love, um, play for our country. And yeah, I mean, we've honored and privileged to do that. Yeah, Bernie, I think it's also a, a valid point that's raised. Um, you know, like you guys when camp now, quite often you don't have to necessarily pay money to be at the, the camps, except for maybe your travel expenses or whatever. But it's the loss of income during those times that is quite challenging. Yeah, um, unfortunately, in my profession, um, I sell my time. So if I'm not treating patients, I do not earn a cent. 
Um, and of course, we don't earn anything from SO Hockey. So it is a challenging thing for me, especially. I know there's a few in the team that also has this challenge. Um, and especially for all the hockey coming up, um, yeah, we're all trying to make plans and see what we can do. Um, but it is stressful. I mean, yeah, we want to play hockey, but we also have to think about life, I guess. Well, absolutely. And, and I mean, you know more than probably most of the players in the squad right now. You're one of the few who played under Giles in his previous stint as coach. You know that the demands that he places on the players is, is high. I mean, he plays a lot of test matches. He expects a lot of camps. And, and they're not these uh, soft, uh, nilly-willy camps. They are, are, are fairly tough encounters, um, you know, which offer you a fair amount of, of strain on the body as well. Uh, uh, do you see that as something that's uh, a little bit more stressful or, or having a coach where you know what the program's going to be, is that something quite exciting? Yeah, look, um, like you said, I've made my debut under Giles, so I know what's expected of us. Um, I I mean, it, the program's already been set out for us off the camp, so we know what to expect, and there's a lot. There's a lot on our plates. Um, it's exciting, in obviously, because we, we want to better ourselves and we have a goal um, for the team. But, um, yeah, I mean, for me, it's that's part of almost international sport. You have to get to that dark point and dig deep to be the best in the world, and that's what we're aiming for. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, there's a drive, uh, there's a hunger. You were, you were in a team that arguably is post-isolation South Africa's best female hockey team that London 2012 to uh, the Hague 2014 that team that got into the top 10 that went around and challenged at the Champions Challenge and and was really a dominant force uh, compared to a team now who's who's languishing down in 16th place who had a really really tough African Cup uh, uh, sorry Olympic Games had a much tougher African Cup than maybe was anticipated uh, you know, two different teams in two very different places of their development and and the Giles. But, uh, you know, you know what it tastes like being at the top table. I mean, how much of a motivation is that to help get South Africa back into the top 10? Yeah. Um, so, as you said, I joined some of the big names when I started playing, um, the Marshas, the PTs, all of them. Um, and now I'm in a position where I'm in their shoes and the youngsters coming up almost look up to us. And it's it's quite a nice position to be in because I know what it takes to get there. And I know, like we said, what Giles expects. And yeah, I agree. I mean, we weren't dealt the best hand and still the girls fought. Um, I don't think we can say they didn't fight and... You know, things obviously didn't go our way as it should have. But, you know, at some point in your life, if you hit rock bottom, there's nowhere else to go instead of up. So for me, it's an exciting period ahead. And I think the team that was selected, yes, there's a few youngsters, but they're hungry and they're willing to learn. And it's exciting. I'm excited for what's ahead. Of course, that, that team, uh, you and I maybe know who's in it, but we won't share that yet because it's... Uh still going through a ratification process. But, uh, yeah, as you said, there, there is some excitement there. And 
I mean, obviously the taste of Tokyo. I mean, you weren't part of the squad that went to Tokyo. You're back in the action again. But you have tasted Olympic uh, uh, competition. Of course, you played in London 2012, which uh, I don't mean to make you sound old. It was a decade ago. Um, but, but I mean, you know, how much of a spark does that give players knowing what, what that's all about? Um, yeah, so, yeah, I mean, for me, it was a learning curve. Um, for the players that have played in Tokyo, I think it was a massive learning curve for them. Um, I mean, the level of professionalism and um, hockey that was dealt there, I mean, it was a bit of a wake-up call. But I think, like I said, what happened happened and... The, the spark that you're talking about, I could already see it at camp. People are, the girls are very, very um, excited. And like I said, like there's a lot to look forward to. So for me, being a senior player playing at the London Olympics, I think it's going to be a whole different era and um, almost culture and ethos that we kind of restart to bring SR hockey, especially the women's hockey, back into the swing of things. Yeah, I mean, it's it's an incredible thing when you look at it. You look at your London 2012 team, you had Taryn Bright who ended her career on 284 caps, Kathleen Taylor, Lenise Marais, uh, Nicolene Tablanche, Petey Kutsia, Lisa Dietlis, <laughs> Durkey Chamberlain, Shelley Russell, and Marsha Cox, or Marisha, she was still back then. All of them finishing on more than 200 caps. You look at your current squad, you look at the current involvement of players and you know, you're sitting on 155 and, and that uh, makes you one of the by far senior players in the team. Yeah, um, like I said, I think we were very privileged when Giles came aboard because the amount of international hockey games we played and time we spent in Europe to prepare not only for the World Cups and the, the, of the Olympic Games, we were privileged enough to, you know, build on game from game from game and build our caps for our country. Um, with what happened, not just COVID-related, I think a lot of the girls missed this international competition. Um, you know, it's not just building caps, but it is, you can prepare as much as you want, but game time is what makes you almost put the puzzle pieces together. So, once again, I think for the program going ahead, there are plans of a lot of games and things coming up. So, um, yeah, I mean, for me, being one of the senior players, um, yeah, it's exciting. Um, but, yeah, I want, I want a lot of the girls to get where I am. Um, and that's part of what I want to also achieve for them. And, Bernie, obviously, when we talk London 2012, you were spring chicken. You had been in the team for a year. And, and yes, of course, a year in the world of Giles meant 50, 60 caps. But, you know, you were still a spring chicken in the team. Uh, you know, how much different or how much more uh, now that you know, you know, maybe there's not 15 years left in your international playing career. You know, how, does that change the drive of a player? Um, for me personally, no. Um I've always been a person that approaches not game by game, but also tournament by tournament. Um, yes, I know I don't have 10, 15 years left, but um, no, for me, 
my drive has always been the same. I've always wanted to be the best player I can be, um, help people around me, drive and lead people to be the best they can be. So for me, definitely, um, I still feel that I have the same spark, the same drive, um, same motivation I had when I just made the team. Um, now I just have a bit more experience and, um, yeah, I guess just a bigger leadership role. Well, and speak about that. I mean, Giles has confirmed that you're one of the co-captains along with Pumalel Mbanda. Of course, Pumi has been serving as the vice-captain uh, under Aaron, Aaron Hunter and, or Aaron Christie now. Uh, what, how, how honoured are you to be told you are the captain of your national team? Um, sure. Yeah, look, um, I'm so honoured. Um, I don't think it's really sunk in yet <laughs> for me. Um, but for people to trust me in that role and, you know, look at me in a leadership role like that, um, it really, really is an amazing feeling and an amazing opportunity. And I look forward to, you know, lead this team into victories that I think um, we can definitely reach. So I'm super honored and I'm um, yeah, just very happy. And, and obviously the co-captain notion is something Giles used previously, um, you know, with uh, Marsha and, um, and who it escapes me now. I think it was the keeper uh, in the early days. And then obviously we saw it with, uh, with uh, Sheldon using it with Sulet and Nicolene. Yeah, how, how closely do you plan or, or have you and Pumalela sat down and had a chat about uh, the team culture? Um, so we, we haven't done anything in that sense yet. Um, I think after camp, people had to rush off to catch flights, to be honest. Um, but I've played with Pumi for quite, quite a bit now. So um, I think it's a new challenge for us both. And we will definitely sit and... Um, we'll have a leadership group with us as well. And we'll we'll definitely have, as far as we've kind of chatted about little things, we're definitely on the same page in terms of what we want to achieve. So it's exciting. And I think it's good to have someone there for you. Um, so you don't have to carry everything alone on your shoulders. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll have a discussion still. And um, obviously, yeah, I'll get on the same page in terms of... Um, what we want to achieve for the next few months. And obviously you got a taste of it at the African Cup. How, how did you decide who would do the, the post-game interviews? Um, so we didn't. <laughs> it just worked out that way. Um, yeah, I don't know. So it's, it's, it wasn't really a decision we made, but I think we'll discuss these things as we go forward. Um, Depending also, you usually get asked to do a, a, a post-match kind of interview. So, yeah, I, I don't know. We'll see We'll see what the plans are regarding that. <laughs> and, and obviously, the um, uh, being captain does come with uh, some media obligations and stuff for the FIH. Uh, the distraction, not too much for you? Uh, no, not at all. Um, I think when I initially made the team with when I made my debut, um, I got asked quite a lot to do interviews just because I'm bilingual. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I got asked to do Afrikaans and then English. So 
um yeah I, I kind of i'm fine with, with the talking part and discussion so it's not really something that bothers me or distracts me to be honest well I, I, we're on, i think this is episode 116 or 179 i'll be honest we've never had any afrikaans on the podcast because usually derek <laughs> is here with me and derek uh, you know derek alberts it's very difficult for yes. him and uh, i don't usually like to uh uh show my Afrikaans accent because it's uh, horrendous but I mean there may be one or two Afrikaans listeners out there so for their benefit um, Kanye in your Leva on Toyo eerste doel that you had gekry for South Africa um, my eerste goal um, <laughs> yeah it was by in Zimbabwe by Africa Cup I think it was the last, uh, was last game. That was the spiel. Did that my first goal score? Um, yeah, but it was. I can't even tell you to be anything. But I think it was that. So, so uh, just for all Afrikaans listeners, don't say we don't give you anything. <laughs> and uh, goal. I'll just go with goal next time. Not do. Just belachelijk, hoor. Let's go back. I mean, your your career is an incredible career. I mean, you've been to World Cups, Commonwealth Games, the Olympic Games. But let's go back. We we all know as hockey players, the pinnacle is the Olympic Games. And only 18 players will ever get that opportunity every four years. Uh, and you got that opportunity in 2012. What was that experience like? And, and were you able to actually take it all in while you were there? Um, it's so funny that you asked that question because um, we actually spoke about it the other day at camp. And so I made the Olympic team within six months of playing for Giles and obviously didn't expect it. I was a youngster. I was 22 years old. So at that stage, you don't really know what's going on. And I went to the Olympic Games and looking back now, I definitely took it in. In terms of what happened, I mean, our first match, we played Argentina and I think there was like 30,000 people in the stands, which I can't describe to you what it feels like playing in front of so many people. But, you know, I think in a sense you take it in, but then afterwards you do look back and go, oh my gosh, um, you know, I should have appreciated it a bit more or done more, but to be quite honest with you, if I look back at my 2020, 2012 Olympic Games, I couldn't have asked for a better Olympics. Um, I enjoyed every second. I, I think I played well. I had fun. I took things in as I should have. Um, yeah, but it's just, it's so hard to explain to people what an incredible, incredible experience it is to play for your country at an Olympic Games. And the experience of being in the village, Benny, like what, I mean, is that as unreal as we all expect? It definitely is. Um, yeah. I mean, you walk past famous athletes that you wouldn't you never see. So for instance, we walked past Roger Federer. We walked past Andy Murray. Um, we got to see Usain Bolt, um, Carl Lewis. You know, all these famous athletes that casually just walk past you in the streets. Um, I mean, you walk into the dining hall and you have a McDonald's in the middle of a dining hall, which is ridiculous. Um, everything's for free. You don't, 
that's strange coming back to a world we have to pay for things. <laughs> um, I mean, it's little things like that, that just the capacity of the village. I mean, I don't even think I walk from one into the other because it's just so big. Um, it is literally like a little village of a world inside a country that is just athletes. It's actually ridiculously amazing. Yeah, and it's something that uh, many people wish they ever got experience. Of course, we did chat to Justin Reed Ross and Wade Payton about this before. Were you able to sneak out and see any other sports? Um, I'm trying to think what we... So we watched a lot of hockey, obviously. We weren't privileged enough to get tickets for the athletics. Um, yeah, that was very hard, but... We, no, we didn't really get to see the other sports, hey, to be honest with you. Because um, our hockey also runs mostly over the two weeks, we didn't have much time to just go out and do our own things. It was always about, you know, prepping and resting when we needed to and stuff like that. So, um, unfortunately, no, we didn't get to see the other cool sports. Um, yeah, hopefully um, at the Commonwealth Games, we get to see a few of the others. Wh- well, you bring up Commonwealth Games, obviously it is, uh, and I mean this with no disrespect, but yep. it is the, the cheaper version or smaller version of the Olympic Games. Obviously, a number of big countries aren't there. It doesn't have all the same sports. It does have a bunch of different sports, like lawn bowls, for example. It is also a tournament in which South Africa compete quite well. Now, you have attended a Commonwealth Games before. Yeah. What what would you say the, the experience, how different was the experience between the two? So it's definitely, yeah, like you say, a smaller version of the Olympics. Um, the concept remains the same in terms of the village life. And, you know, obviously it's just the Commonwealth countries that attend. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I went to Glasgow and Scotland, um, my Commonwealth Games. But, I mean... If we look at this coming Commonwealth Games, we definitely have a good opportunity um, to do well. Um, So for me, it is quite an exciting tournament to look forward to as well, um, excluding obviously the village life and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I mean, it's hard to compare, I guess. Yeah, of course, South Africa going to uh, the Commonwealth Games. We are, I'm just making sure I'm on the women's tournament. We're in the same pool as Australia, New Zealand, Scotland, and Kenya. And so, yes. uh, you know, you would, uh, of course, uh, Scotland were coached by your ex-teammate, Jen Wilson, for a long time. Um, not anymore. But you would you would hope that South Africa would get over Scotland and Kenya and then maybe a result against the New Zealand or Australia and, and all of a sudden top four and a shot at a medal. Yes, so that's the plan. Um, Obviously, our our goal would be to medal at the Com Games. Um, So that's that's the the goal for the Com Games. But it's 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 going to be hard. I mean, like I said, I don't think I think coming out of COVID, um, only a few. Well, the Pro League players now get to play quite a few matches internationally, but. There are a few of us that haven't been able to. So it's going to be a, a graph, but uh, I'm I'm super excited to see what we can do. Of course, but before the Commonwealth Games, and, and it is quite crazy that they are so close to one another, uh, you head up 
to Spain, to Terrassa. And obviously we are in a uh, a very, very, very tough group at the FIH Hockey Women's World Cup. Uh, we take on Australia, Belgium and Japan. And as you say, like the lack of hockey action doesn't make it any easier to go and play those juggernauts uh, in that tournament. No, definitely not. Um, but for us, it's still a process. Yes, it's very close to each other. And um, World Cup is, I mean, what, two months away. Um, so it is, it's a massive, massive challenge for us. But I think we, 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 we can compete and we want to compete. Um, so there's a lot of work to be done um, in terms of the prep going forward. But like I said, I'm... I'm fully convinced and excited and I know that what this team that was selected is capable of. And I think what's the more scary thing is the players having to play against us have no idea (laughs) who's in the team or what's going on. So um, it's going to be quite interesting. Of course, you also have the under 21s who, who, or slash under 22s who did fairly well at the junior world cup, uh, you know, maybe didn't score as many goals as we would have liked, but uh, competed very well. Um, yeah, uh, what do you what what do you think about the the Junior World Cups and how they did? Yeah, so I watched a few of the matches. Um, obviously, now also the girls joining camp. Um, with I also didn't know didn't know most of them because obviously our big age gap and stuff, but. Like I said, it's a, it's an exciting youngster group. And yeah, I mean, they have big hearts. They played well in the matches they played. Um, you know, it's a South African thing, that never-die attitude. Um, and for, for them bringing it into the, the senior squad, you could definitely see um, them stepping up and wanting to be better and learn and, you know, make a difference. So... Um, I mean, it's such a good thing that they actually had this World Cup, the Junior World Cup, because um, it also helps them. They're already in the competitive mode, which is good. That's what we need. So, um, yeah, I think um, I think it's exciting for them um, to join us and see what they can do. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, we've got such a great dearth of talent. We've got so much excitement. Of course, as you said, a lot of hockey has been... Uh, unavailable because of COVID and, you know, RPTs were, the RPT almost felt a little bit rushed and wasn't the greatest RPT we had. Um, but there's been other opportunities, things like JHL that popped up and, you know, tournaments like that, how, as an international player, you know, how, where do they fit on your, your spectrum of importance? Are they just fun for fitness? Are they good to, to get the game time in? Uh, are they something you could take a little bit more seriously? Yeah, and where do they fit on your on your importance barometer? So I think a, a tournament like JHL, which um, we weren't sure about initially for the senior section. Um, I think no one knew what to expect. Um, for me, it's definitely a good thing in terms of game time. Um, for me, it doesn't matter what the hockey's about. It is important to have game time. Um, it's different from me running my fitness and doing stuff like that. 
to playing a game. Um, but I think if I put it on a, a scale of importance, it, it differs. Because I think as a, as a national hockey player, you also sometimes need to have a bit of a, a fun spectrum, a step back. Um, you know, everything can't be too serious all the time. And I think JHL was such a perfect tournament for that. It's just after, you know, having such a serious COVID two years and IPT that was, um, you know, just quick and stuff. I think it was good in a sense to just have something fun to do. And for me, it was really a fun tournament. As far as I spoke to a lot of people, they also enjoyed it. Um, and we're looking forward to the next one. So I think looking into the future, it can get quite into a very competitive tournament, but um, it should be fun. I think what that's what JHL is about, is being competitive but in a fun environment. And, and I mean, another tournament that uh, has also gone a little bit quiet for now, I know there are hopes that it may come back in some guise or form, but something like the PHL? Where, where where would that fit into to your uh, scale of importance? Assume, yeah, so, sorry, and, and I'll just quantify that. Assuming that it's uh, not a selection event, it stays as a non-selection event. Yeah. So once again, um, I think PHR will be a bit more competitive because then it's open up to all the provinces where JHL was obviously just Joburg-based mostly. Um, so it's almost like a extended IPT if you look at it in that sense but once again I think tournaments like that with sponsors coming aboard and you know you get play of the matches and stuff like that there should be a fun aspect to it um, in a competitive environment so for me it'll be it'll be great if they bring that back um, just to you know cut out a bit of the seriousness and get people together and you know play with mates that don't necessarily play IPT anymore or want to play national because that's also possible. Um, yeah, so I think for me, in terms of seriousness, yeah, definitely more competitive, but um, yeah, it's fun. And, and Bernie, obviously the other element that creeps in, I mean, there's always been outdoor and indoor hockey, but of course now we've got Hockey Fives and uh, Tonella Polo, uh, someone who you know fairly well, is now the uh, SA Women's Hockey Fives head coach. They've got their first event in Switzerland um, later this year. Of course, they will then also uh, uh, start competing for the World Cup and trying to qualify for that. Uh, any any desire of yours at this point in your career to get involved in the Hockey Fives as well? Um, I haven't thought that far. Um, it would be fun to be honest with you, because I think it's something completely different. Um, I think in terms of the challenges and the patterns and stuff, it's completely separate from, you know, your normal field hockey kind of game. Um, yeah, I would love to be part of it, um, depending on um, work. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we'll see how that goes. And it's exciting that they're bringing these new things into hockey. I think it also keeps people involved. Um, you know, getting it more on TV and introducing it to people that don't actually know what hockey is about. Um, but yeah, I know it's. Ex I think it's an exciting new aspect of hockey, and um, yeah, like I said, I think it'll be cool to be involved. 
Yeah, it would be. And I mean, obviously, there is a lot of hockey uh, around right now. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's uh, for us as fans and connoisseurs of the game. What more could we ask for? Uh, of course, uh, one thing that Giles said when he was on Hockey the Podcast uh, last week, he said, you know, one of the things he'd love to do is play test matches at school grounds. Um, now, that must be something that is exciting for you and the players themselves as well. Playing a few test matches, maybe in front of school kids and, and encouraging them and, you know, becoming their heroes uh, as they see you line up in green and gold. Have the players spoken about that? And how do you feel about that personally? Um, we haven't spoken about it, um, but I think it's a very good idea. I think, um, you know, getting the youngsters involved and meeting them and, you know, like for me, for instance, I met my heroes when I was in school and, you know, seeing them as, you know, this person that you admire, um, I think it's a very good idea. It also gets them involved and, you know, um, if we can get that right, that would be very, that would be amazing. Um, it will also, I mean, yeah, get us on the map a bit more, um, which we want. Um, yeah, but that's exciting. And, and Benny, of course, uh, you know, um, for you right now, the focus is on the next couple of months. It's the World Cup. It's the uh, Commonwealth Games. It's the Nations Cup. Three big tournaments. Of course, you go to Spain, you go to Birmingham, you go back to Spain. I mean, if you had to prioritize, and obviously we're hoping that you don't have to and you're available fully for all three, which one of those would be top of your list? Um, yeah, look, I've committed, so hopefully all of them. <laughs> um, but like I said, I think if there's one big wish I could have, it would probably be to medal at Commonwealth Games. I think um, that will be something in my career that um, I can tick off and be very proud of. Um, so, yeah, but it's hard. They're all such different tournaments. So, um, for me, I just want to play like I always play and just, you know, be the best Bernie on the field that I can be. And, and Bernie, obviously, uh, <laughs> you know, we 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 know the Olympic Games, as we said, is the pinnacle. You went in 2012. You you were robbed of the opportunity in 2016, having qualified. Um, and then obviously you weren't part of the, the setup in the 2020 slash 2021. How much is Paris 2024 in the back of your mind? Um, so it is definitely there. <laughs> um, I, yeah, sure. It's, it's, it's actually a hard question. Look, um, for me at this stage, yes, definitely. It's a, it's a, another box I would like to tick, but in the situation we are now in terms of hockey, um, I'm just taking it, like I said, tournament by tournament. Um, for me, there's no, no need to think that far if I don't do what I need to do this year. So it is definitely in, in, in my mind. Um, and if I can push and the opportunity is there for me, I will um, definitely go there and try my best. Um, but for now, um, I think it's more short-term short based to get this team rolling and on the right track before we think that far. And and Giles being back, has it felt like uh, 2014 all over again? It has. Um, 
yeah, it's it's funny because it it feels like yesterday actually. Um, the way he coaches, the way he chats to you, the way we go about things, um, it definitely it does feel like it was yesterday, and um, I'm I'm happy to have him back. And I think our program going ahead, if it, yeah, he's got he's got an amazing kind of drive and dream for this team and it's so easy to get on board with that yeah absolutely uh it's, it's a sentiment that seems to be felt quite uh significantly across the team um but uh yeah obviously uh it's also for a lot of players a much harder environment than maybe what they're used to yeah definitely i mean the standards are every coach has their standards and the way they approach the team and the way they you know, want to achieve a goal. Um, and I think for some, it was a bit of a, a wake up in the sense of, you know, not everything is rainbows and unicorns. Um, if you don't put in what you need to on the field in training, um, it was set to you and, you know, you got pushed. I mean, I think I did about 500 push-ups over the course of the week because for everything we did, you know, there was either a reward or, uh, you know, something that you had to, you know, like a, a punishment, if I put it that way. So I think, um, yeah, it, it was a bit of a awakening for some people, um, but a good, it's a good drive, if you know what I mean. It's not, it's not a bad environment. It is an absolute amazing environment and it pushes us to the limit and that's what we need. The other thing that we obviously see is a, a lot of the players will sit in the breaks and check emails and do work. You know, being a chiropractor, you're at least able to offer some services within the team to to try and get some cash back. Um, unfortunately, not. Um, <laughs> I did, I did help a few girls over the course of the week in terms of injury, but uh, um, yeah, I, I I don't charge them for that. It's it's my teammates. Um, you know, I'd rather have them healthy and playing, doing what they love. Um, yeah, but for me, unfortunately, it's always unpaid. Um, so, but we'll make a plan. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm saying you're far too kind. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know, if if uh, Lisa Detlefs is there, I hope she listens to this. Uh, you could have a good session every day with her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, of course. Uh, yeah, uh, we go to the World Cup, we go to the Commonwealth Games, and there are some big opponents. But but who ranks for you, uh, Bernie, as the 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 toughest opponents you've ever played against in international hockey? Sure. Um, sure. Obviously, the Dutch is just the Dutch. So they are absolutely, yeah, they're very hard to play against. Um, I mean, skill-wise structurally everything they're just phenomenal that's why they're world number one um i do also think playing a team like argentina is quite hard because they're very very skillful um in terms of individually um it's easier to play a team that's more structurally sound because you can um play against that but for a team like the dutch and the argentinians um they are just like phenomenally good with their skills so it's so hard to tactically and technically try and you know play against a team like that but definitely the Dutch I mean there's no 
there's no other team that I've faced in my career that I think, um, yeah, compares to them. And, and, and while the Dutch are, are far, far ahead, um, you know, they always offer the tantalizing prospect of the fairy tale victory against them. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I think, um, like I said, I think there's a reason they're number one in the world. So um, we can drive ourselves to get there, but it, it takes a lot of work. No, abs- absolutely. Benny, as we get to the end of this, uh, one of the things I, I like to ask guests, and I don't always ask them, but uh, you know, you've played enough uh, hockey over your career now. If you were to pick a six-a-side team, okay, you're obviously allowed to pick yourself in the team. The only rule is one goalkeeper and five outfield players. And I'm asking you to pick it from players you've played with in your career. It doesn't have to have been for South Africa. doesn't have to have been for provincial. It can be someone you played with at high school, um, primary school, at a social weekday game. But what we would like to hear for myself and for all the listeners of Hockey the Podcast is who is Bernie's pick six? Uh, her dream team for a six-a-side summer league game. Sure. <laughs> now I'm putting on the spot here. <laughs> yeah, I, d- I didn't warn you for um, that. I tried to babble a little bit to give you time to think. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, obviously, myself. Yeah, that, that's I'd always like a good one. I'd like to play one. in my own team. Um, goalie. I'd probably go for someone like Maddie Hinge. Um I think she's a lot of um, experience. Um, Amar, definitely. <laughs> she can she can be my team. Um, sure, I'm trying to. I don't know if you remember Kim Lamer. Yeah, yeah. She can be my team. I think she used to be phenomenal. Um, Sure, where are we at now? What was that for? Yeah, one more left. One more, yo. Um, who else would I pick? Sure. This is a hard one. Um, yeah, I don't know. Can't think of another one. Okay, I'll, I'll throw in a, 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 what's a textbook answer there throwing a pity could see it just because of goal scoring okay for drag flicker there good. we go pity there we go you made it because i know she listens <laughs> every now and again all right and, and then lastly to wrap us off bernie number 23 why number 23 and what is there anything significant about that number for you you know what um i didn't get to choose it um we got given when i made my debut we got given a shirt with your name on and that was your number but going through the years of 23 um if you look at the players that wore that number um it was just yeah kind of it just stuck with me um i mean if you take someone like michael jordan he was 23 um initially um yeah i mean (laughs) I don't know. It just stuck with me. So I didn't choose it, but I'm super happy with it. <laughs> so we just go with it. 
Okay, so so there is a, a quiz on that uh, Sporkle that says, yes. uh, you know, who were the most popular people to ever wear the number 23? And Michael Jordan is the most popular. Um, yeah. Second place is another one from basketball is LeBron James. And then yes. third place is David Beckham. So yes. he had some pretty good company. And uh, yeah. I, I mean, obviously, Sporkle doesn't follow field hockey because otherwise you'd be on that list as well. <laughs> um, but yeah, I actually see the late Shane Warne also used to wear 23. Yes. So he was 23. Yeah, yeah. You, you got good company there. Yes, I think um, when you go into stuff like that, um, you, you can relate to the people that wear that number. And it is a special number. And I do try and make you know, use or wear it proudly. Um, but yeah, like I said, I didn't get to choose it. It basically chose me. <laughs> ah, nothing wrong with that. I uh, yeah. My my number, and I often joke with Jethro Eustace because uh, him and I both wear twenty one. Obviously, I don't wear it for South Africa, except for in a replica shirt. Um, yeah. <laughs> but him and I also share birthdays, so I said, okay, that's enough, please. Uh, yeah. <laughs> please don't name your son Callum as well. Um, but the same thing, it was a gift. My first ever shirt that was given to me with a name on had 21 on the back and it just stuck. Yeah. Which, which of course, has now been 20 years of that. So, hey, these things happen. Yeah, and it becomes part of your um, your identity in terms of hockey. If um, I'm correct, isn't you know, it even in your, in your uh, it's in one of your social media profiles? Yes, yeah, 100%. And is it in your signature, 23? Um, no, not, no, no, no. Okay. Um, when I sign autographs, we put it there, but not in my, no, not in my signature. <laughs> awesome stuff. Well, there you have it, ladies and gents, co-captain of the SA Women's National Hockey Team heading off to uh, the World Cup, the Commonwealth Games, the Nations Cup in a very hectic year of hockey for them, co-captain Bernadette Costin. What a, what a great career you've already had. What a, a great career we're looking forward to you having in the next couple of months. Um, and uh, I know you are a busy person, so thank you very much, not only for helping me now, but uh, uh, what people don't know is, as part of my SA hockey media role, you help me a lot with uh, specifically radio clips for the Afrikaans stations. So uh, I really appreciate that. Um, <laughs> But yeah, and thanks for taking the time and good luck to both you and your team for the challenges ahead. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, we're looking forward to making people proud and um, yeah, it's just the exciting road ahead. It is incredibly exciting. We can't wait. Of course, we will be telling the story. We are planning to have special podcast series for the World Cup for both the women and the men later this uh, well, men early next year. Um, it just promises to be exciting stuff. Thanks for listening. Uh, whatever you're listening on, leave a rating if you can. Share, subscribe. Tell somebody else to listen. Uh, we will chat to you pretty soon. Thanks for joining in. Cheers.